Tapes and Scouts, a podcast where two friends review every single movie they watch. Hey, everybody. Well, hey there. We are back scowling again. Scowling? I assume you are because we're still using these cans. That's right. I'm scowling deep into it. That's why you can hear, you personally can hear me so well. I imagine you're scowling pretty hard because that is an unwashed canned potato can that I gave you. Yeah, it's cutting me up pretty good, but I've got kind of... I'm a little bushier with the, the beard going on here, so it, it's not that bad. No, it's not too bad. You never left me a can opener at any point, despite the fact you left all these canned goods. So I I pretty much opened the cans with AOL discs. Like, anything I accomplish in life, it's with an AOL disc. Oh, I would have thought you would have got a knife from the knife puppy. Hmm, I never thought about that. Yeah, knife puppy's a pro at opening cans. You should just asked. Oh, damn. All right, yeah. well, that's going to save me time in the future. That's right, yeah. Good future old time. Future time. Jamming another movie or two. That's right. I like movies. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I like future time. Me I like, too. I like fighting crime in a future time. You know, I think future time is a bit of an illusion because I always am like, oh, I'll have more time if I do this now. And it feels like I, it's like you go back and you think, I would have really been fucked if I hadn't done that, I guess. But there was no actual future time despite the allure. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a big old hoax. It is. It's a hoax. Just like the moon landing and... <laughs> Stupid moon. <laughs> Stupid lazy moon. <laughs> Damn, just, just hanging out up there. Just mocking me. Yeah, with its cheese and its man. Yeah, cheese is good, though. I do like a cheese. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I like a cheese. I also like a movie. You like a movie? Do you want to start us off with a movie, then? I'll start us off with a movie. Alrighty, what you got? 1993. Okay. Hocus Pocus. Oh, yes. I hope this is a double feature. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this. On October 2nd of 2022, it is one hour and 36 minutes. It is a comedy horror film directed by Kenny Ortega, starring the SJP, Bette Midler, (laughs) and Thora Birch. The SJP. The SJP. That's great. (laughs) Your, Your summary here is a teenage boy named Max, I mean, couldn't pick a better name for the main character, and his little sister... Moved to Salem, Massachusetts, where he struggles to fit in before awakening a trio of witches that were executed in the 17th century. I uh, I wanted to watch this again. And I was like, man, I haven't seen this in forever. But I'm like, I have a feeling with that sequel coming out, Max is going to be all over this. So I, I left the Hocus Pocuses alone. <laughs> I appreciate that. It was one I haven't watched in a very long time. And it, in order to talk about this film and my thoughts on this film, I have to kind of talk about what this film has become. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this film was i mean kids films especially holiday not christmas but like halloween kids films were kind of few and far between as we were growing up right like halloween films tend to be a bit more dangerous or a bit more like i guess pg-13 or r-rated and this was pretty like soft in terms of this you know it's a pg right like a kid could watch this movie right and i I think for that reason the kids who are watching this movie in 1993 or maybe a little later on because it became kind of like a home video darling remember it fondly and they're like, man, I love that movie. And I think that, that that feeling of nostalgia has elevated this movie's status up. And of course, anytime anything becomes popular, we have to summon the internet trolls and naysayers to come in and remind everybody how bad they truly think this movie is. <laughs> like, hey, you guys think this movie's great? It's horrible. You're idiots. Well, trolls don't like witches at all. They don't get along. They don't. And so they, they are really offended by the concept of it. 
And so you get this, like, two camps on Hocus Pocus. Like, it's very rare that you run into somebody who's like, I'm, I'm like, I'm fine with Hocus Pocus. It's, you know, it's fine. Or it's like, yeah, it's a bit of a, it was a bit of a miss for me, but, you know, fine, fine enough. Right. So I was like, let me go back and watch this on the, you know, in the kind of, with this new one impending. And we'll see kind of where it stands, because I had, like I said, I hadn't watched it in a very, very long time. It's not a great film by mm. any stretch. It is also not a horrendous film okay. by any stretch. It is, like, a fine enough kids movie. I think you can do better nowadays, but I think for the time, it was, a like, a fine enough kids film. I must say, for a child's film, this is a super horny movie. <laughs> there are a lot of stuff. SJP herself is a hornball. Right. She's, like, making out with a bus driver in this movie. There's, like, a ton of stuff to do with virginity in this. There's, like, this little uh, Thora Birch's character is a very small Thora Birch in this movie. Right. And she's, like, telling the lead female character that her brother likes her boobs. And I'm like, <laughs> this is, like, this is a horny little movie here. It's funny because uh, SJP, she was like the least of the three of them she was she hadn't really done a ton yet right everybody else was red hot bet midler i think had a big album right before that um, mm-hmm. the other witch whose name i forget was doing kathy uh, najemi she did sister act and a couple other movies right around here so she was red hot yep and it, yeah exactly and it was just like and it's fine like the, the premise is easy enough to follow it's it's not there's no there's no stakes or there's no tension built in this movie right it's like immediately like our little shtick over here and then that ends and we go to our little shtick over here so it plays out very much like scooby-doo sure we go over here and have some business and then we move over here and have some business so it's like it's fine like i wasn't sad i watched it i wasn't particularly thrilled with it by any stretch i don't think that there's anything here that makes it as memorable as a lot of people who are really into it find it i think like it's it's surprising to me like i I, now i want to go back and talk to the people i know who are either very opposed or very for and kind of ask them what they like or dislike about the movie because i don't think it does any one thing so particularly strongly in either direction that it warrants the level of reverence and the level of hatred this movie draws it's a very strange movie that it's become yeah that's really weird but popular enough i guess to warrant a sequel so it's wild yeah so many years uh, I, later. Yeah, so many years later, exactly. I'm glad that everybody's still around for it, you know? Like, it's yeah. pretty uh, pretty awesome to see. So we'll see if I got to that one or not. Uh, IMDb gives this a 6.9 out of 10, so a nice what? score indeed. Very horny. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes critics, 60 of them, gave it 38%. Ooh, okay. And we'll see a swing in the opposite direction of 250,000-plus verified audience members who give it a 72%. So it's probably the so, law of averages, right? Yeah, for me, I came in just over a 5, 5.5. Like, okay. It's fine. Like, this does more right than it does wrong, in my opinion, but nothing so fantastic that it's more than just like a, yeah, I watched it. It was from bed. It was a fine enough kids film. Yeah. That's so weird, man. People mm-hmm. are so fanatical. Yep. Very weird. They, that they are. Yeah. Really that, strange. Those strange people. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a movie. Hmm. It's also rated PG. Oh. Although this is a 1958 PG. Oh, baby. So that's just nudity everywhere. Just so much boobage. It's insane. No, actually not. But <laughs> <laughs> I watched this on the 5th of September after my witch movie, apparently. Mm-hmm. It is Vertigo. Oh, oh man. Talk about horny <laughs> movies. Yes, Vertigo. So IMDb movie minutes are two hours, eight minutes. Mystery romance thriller directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Who? Alfred, Alfie Hitchcock. You, you, you Alfie know, Hitch. Alfie Hitch, you know him. Alfie Hitch, yeah, that guy. Big guy, and, suits. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Alfie Hitch, get in this room right now. Anyways, uh, <laughs> 
James, starring James Stewart. Kim, Ooh. James, damn it, James Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Kim Novak and Barbara Bell Geddes. IMDb Movie Summary. A former San Francisco police detective juggles wrestling with his personal demons and becoming obsessed with the hauntingly beautiful woman he has been hired to trail, who may be deeply disturbed. Hmm. So I really enjoy Vertigo, and I was like, I haven't watched that in forever. Let me see if I still fondly feel the same way about Vertigo. And... I guess I, I guess I do. I don't know. I'm, I'm still very much on the fence, even now, reviewing it for you. This, it feels like a tale of two movies, in a way, because mm-hmm. um, it's just so incredibly weird at certain times. It's fun where he's, because he's, you know, he develops vertigo and it actually costs somebody their life, and he kind of resigns from the police force, and he's just a private detective in his spare time. He seems well off. He doesn't really do a damn thing. Because no. um, whatever, it's the fifties. He stalks women. He stalks women. He hangs out with a woman who paints, who clearly likes him, and he's oblivious. But he is—he's following this woman around because he's hired to do so. She seems, she doesn't seem weird initially. She just seems like her routine is very. The the routine itself seems weird. She's you go talk. He goes and talks to her. She seems okay, and you feel like there's there's something very bizarre going on here. After you resolve that initial arc which ends in a very Hitchcock kind of way, there's still like another, I don't know, 40 minutes of this movie that is just so incredibly bizarre to me. Because now you're kind of following him and the aftermath of what has happened. Right. And he is very deeply disturbed now. Mm-hmm. Which to me was bizarre. Because it's like, he didn't really have this emotional attachment like that. He wasn't like obsessing over her as bad. It just seems like he he thinks she's gone. He thinks a lot of bad things have happened and he can't really come to terms with it. And he thinks he starts seeing her. Uh, there's another woman who he's obsessing over. And it's just like he has become this sort of, you know, scumbag. And I'm like, this is such a weird turn. And why is there still, you know, 30 minutes left of this movie? <laughs> right. It's, it's really fucking weird, I think. It's a weird turn. I think the movie's too long. (laughs) I think it's too long for its pacing. I think if it was just a little tighter, it would work a lot better. But overall, the movie is still very good, and it largely holds up. It's a Hitchcock. It's just very fucking weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I don't know. I don't know how you feel if you have any strong Hitchcock opinions. Um, But for the longest time, I really felt like this was my favorite. And rewatching it, I'm like, I don't know that it is. I I mean, it's largely considered... Like, I know it often goes back and forth between film aficionados, whether this or Citizen Kane, and they'll do a lesser extent The Godfather, or, like, the best movie of all time. Right. And I think this one's in the conversation because of the Jimmy Stewart stuff, and kind of how he goes from, like you said, kind of, like, guy with a chip on his shoulder, but he means well, he's kind of a, like, all shucks, it's like ideal like idealized jimmy stewart in the beginning of this movie right right and then by the end he becomes so enraptured by the events of the film that he turns into one of the scariest characters in a film yeah he's so bizarre and frightening and what he's doing the implications of what he's doing in that last little bit are alarming where it's like how did he go from this like basically like barney fife to this, like, absolute, like, Hitchcockian nightmare person. Right. You don't root for him at all. You hate him by the end of this movie. You're like, you are not oh, a, yeah. you are a, a sack of trash. So it's a, it's a weird roller coaster movie. I feel like we go through the whole thing twice. It's just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a very bizarre movie. I am not confident. I, I plan on watching more Hitchcock because I'm like, I am not confident this is my favorite one anymore. 
It's you know, and it's an intimidating movie to tackle as a reviewer because it's been reviewed. It's reviewed so sacredly, right. so often. So I appreciate you coming to it and like taking an honest approach, which is like, listen, that ending did not work for me. Like I like I get what it's what it's doing in the film, but it and the way it the way it is done and the way it's handled. It doesn't always, it's not always going to land for people. And I think that's an important note. No movie is perfect, right? Like, no, like, why would we be talking about this many movies if there was just the best one and we were done here? Right, right. It doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense. So it's like it, being subjective is part of it. So hopefully the draw to this, besides us being a fucking delight, <laughs> is that you get to hear that like, hey, everybody has a different take on a movie and there's no right or wrong take. And by the way, these guys are a fucking delight. Did did we mention that we are a delight? <laughs> That's what the uh, kids are saying. It's the word on the street. We're a delight. That's right. That's what they're saying with their TikToks and their pogs and their pumped up shoes. Yep. <laughs> absolutely agree. Yep. So the scores. IMDB gave it an 8.3. Okay. So that's probably like top 20 for them. Yeah. I think that was the highest, like 9.3 or 9.2. So it's, it's up there. The critics at Rotten Tomatoes, 93%. Makes a, sense. A little surprised that it was only 89 uh, critics, though. A hard movie to review. Probably a little more telling, the audience, also 93%, but that's out of 100,000 plus. Yeah. So that's a pretty good number. For mm-hmm. me, for me on this watch, I settled in at a 7 out of 10. Okay. I. I definitely think this is still a very good movie, but it's got little things in it that I think it's hard to ignore that could have made it a little better. Impressive. Let me yeah. uh, let me ask you when you're when you're watching a movie like Vertigo or some of these like early movies that have kind of come to define and modernize movies. Do you consider that in your thought process when you're kind of score these? Like it's just like oh man, like Hitchcock invented the warp zoom during this movie. And, like, the techniques that they used, like, you know, obviously early color and things like that. Like, it's, like, this is all pretty pioneering stuff. Does that impact the final, like, your final review number in any way? It can affect. I feel like this time it really didn't, though, because I feel more of my grievances with the movie are are plot-based and pacing-based, which you know is my sin. My cinema sin that yes. I can't, I can sometimes just not get over. I feel like I was forced to watch the same movie twice, and I feel like maybe one and a, one and a half would have been way better. Is all I'm saying. That's fair. But I still can't say anything bad about it. The movie is really good. I just think it could be better. Is all. But yeah, yeah I do think he he's super important to cinema. I think he was an amazing director. It's a questionable guy, you know. Like there's, you know, I can't. You got to take some of that out at the same time. He was very important to cinematography yeah i think it's yeah and it's it's a tough one right because at the end of the day when we're talking about movies my perspective is we're reviewing the movie Mm -hmm. like that's it like i'm not reviewing every piece of alfred hitchcock or what he means to cinema or the things he's developed and pioneered cool he did that all that stuff that's you know i mean you can't deny that and i regard him as one of the all-time greats no question but if those things aren't helping tell the story and remember remember hitchcock's famous line is the first three the most important three things that you need to master in order to have a great movie are the script the script and the script mm-hmm. and you know what i mean the fact that one of your gripes for the movie is that it was off in terms of the writing and the pacing and how the overall product was received means that somewhere in those three things it wasn't as, as tightly as a tightly addressed as it could have been or it call, recall like you know what i mean it takes you to go well what did i miss in this like what did what didn't line up for me here and what didn't work so i think right. your notion is a good one where you're like 
I think the fact that you see things kind of unfold in a slow burn fashion kind of is just like, you're not an idiot, right? Like, right. I don't need you to do all of this for me. Well, it, And also on top of that, just the ele- amount of time taking place in the movie, like once he starts kind of becoming more unhinged, I can't see him lasting so long mm-hmm. over the course of the months of this, the setting that they're taking place. Like, I feel like he would... Right. If he's going to get that mad that mad and that, that frenetic, it should be a quicker burn. Makes sense. So that's how I feel. I like that. No, yeah. it's good. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. All right. Well, let's take us to the best year of the 80s then. Ooh, 1986? 1986 for a yes. movie that I was stunned, stunned that I have not reviewed on this podcast yet. It is one of my personal favorites. It is Night of the Creeps. Oh, you do love them creeps. I love creeps. Speaking of Jimmy Stewart and Vertigo, <laughs> what a segue! Yes, you're not a creep uh, apologist. No, no, I'm a no, I'm a. Yeah, I don't want to say I'm a creep champion, but in film, I love me a good creep. Sure. You like you like you a goon. I like me a creep. That's true. So I watched this also on October second, twenty twenty two. It is one hour and thirty minutes exactly. The perfect runtime. And the perfect year. How could this be bad? Can't. Nope. It's a horror comedy directed by Fred Decker, starring Tom Atkins, Jill Whitlow, and Jason Lively. Nice. Movie summary. After two fraternity pledges find a frozen body, they decide to use it to pull a prank, which unleashes slug-like creatures upon the entire campus. Ah, slugs. Slugs. Yeah. They are the aforementioned creeps, these slugs. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's not like Jimmy Stewart. Oh. Well, you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. More like slugs. Oh, okay. <laughs> My thoughts on this movie is, this is such a cool movie, and the leads in this movie are so good the uh the two main characters are both male protagonists and they're college kids the one has uh, a handicap he has to use crutches to get around the other's his best buddy and you can tell they just they gel together so well it feels like they've been friends for years nice it's just it's so much fun their acting chops lively obviously has a little bit of history he was in national lampoons before this uh, vacation specifically, and he was Rusty, I believe, the first Rusty, and before we had to put him down, right? <laughs> so he's got the chops. He's acting against someone who's a little bit fresher, and you can kind of tell doesn't quite have his chops. But their chemistry is so good that it's easy to kind of forget all that. Joe Whitlow was in previous to this. A few of she was in a lot of John Hughes, just like bit parts in John Hughes movies early in her career, and the star of the show, in my opinion. Tom Atkins, who plays like a hard-boiled detective. Oh man, is he good in this movie? I like it's, a good hard-boiled detective, man. It's just it does it's so ah, good. He's so good at it. Yeah, he's yeah. so good in this movie. He's just like his signature line is "thrill me." So when he shows up and there's like a murder on, them, and they're like, "We need your help, detective," and he's like, "Oh yeah, thrill me." And it's just like, man, this guy's fucking great. This guy fucking chews wood for breakfast. Have you used that line? What's that? Thrill me? Yeah. I just don't feel like I'm good enough yet. One day, when you hear me drop that line, you'll know that I think I'm Tom Atkins good. I'm probably going to cry when I hear it. I'm going to be so happy for you. <laughs> he made it. He made it. I, I mean, I need, a, I need a much better mustache to get there for sure. Step one, mustache. Fair. That's fair. The story is a little bit like it asks a lot of you at a couple different points in the film. Okay. And it kind of results in like dumb horror movie character moments. But like the fucking moments in this movie that are good are so fucking good 
there are so many memorable lines and moments, and you could tell this is Decker's this is Decker's first movie, and you can kind of tell because he just goes for it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like we were talking about warp zooms and Vertigo. He better believe there's like three warp zooms in this fucking movie because he's just a big fan of film. Sure, yeah. And so it's like, put him in there. It's like, you know what I mean? Like all these cool, like let's put him on a, let's have him shooting the gun and we're going to put him on a stool and spin him around and have him screaming and shooting a gun. It's like just all this crazy shit is in this movie. There's flamethrowers, there's zombies. It's like if a dude who's like, I mean, he was one of the, he was, he and Shane Black were roommates in college. Well, there you go. So... Yeah, so it's like this energy level of just like, if I'm going to make a movie, I'm going to cram all the fucking cool shit that I want to see. Like, I love this movie partially because if I were to make a movie, I feel like it would look a lot like Night of the Creeps. Nice. Because it's just like, I just want to fucking just ejaculate onto this film. Like, I just want all the cool shit I love on this film. (laughs) And if I don't get to make another movie again, I don't give a fuck because I did all the cool shit now. Well, somebody has to thrill you before you can ejaculate on it. Exactly. And so it's just, like, there's so many good moments in here. Like, the fucking, uh, one of the lines Tom Atkins gets to deliver and crushes as his character is, I have good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. And the girl goes, and what's the bad news? And he turns around and looks her in the eye and he goes, they're dead. (laughs) And they're zombie. And then it cuts to zombies coming across the sorority lawn. It's like, what is this fucking movie? And it manages to be as ridiculous as that, but at the same time, be hyper grounded at points. And it really like has deep character building and depth. And there are moments that are like genuinely sad and hard to watch. It's really awesome. Like he really took, he was like, he like, it's, they just picked a guy out of the crowd and we're just like, all right, you go up to home plate. Here's the bat. Just they're going to pitch the ball like they would against an actual professional. Just swing your ass off. And he did. And he nailed it. That's great. It's just like the lucky. It's like it's so cool. It's so compelling. Like his direction in here is subtle and interesting. And you could tell he wanted to give himself. He wanted to push himself to make it stylized but not ridiculous. It just checks a lot of boxes for me personally. Were there sequels so, to this one? There were not. Ooh. Yeah, so it's it's a standalone piece, so you don't have to worry about, like, then I gotta go watch the remake and the three other really bad ones that came before the re- Nope, it's just Night of the Creeps. You're all good. Until Max thrills you with his version. Oh my god, if I could be so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> IMDb gives this a 6.7 out of 10. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 20 critics went back to review it to a surprising, to me, <laughs> I thought it's gonna be terrible, 75%. Hell yeah, I like that. And the audience of 10,000 plus gave it 70%. Nice. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed, but they're still too fucking low because this is a 9 out of 10. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) This movie fucking rocks. Oh, man, that is so good. Very cool. I hope you get to make that sequel one day. That'd be lovely. Well, I'll get on it. I'll talk to somebody. Somebody out there. Please do. Cliff, can he do this? Yeah. (laughs) Cliff, Cliff, (laughs) Cliff will let you. (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate that, Cliff. Yeah, yeah, he's good good people. He well, is. I got a movie from 2012. Okay. It is a, a documentary, and it's one you've seen. Oh. It's one you own. Whoa. It's Adjust Your Tracking. Oh, I do own this on VHS tape. Yes, pretty fun. Yep. So I watched this on the 8th of September, 2022. It's an hour 24 documentary, like I said. It is directed by Dan M. Kinnon and Levi... Heretic. It stars Lloyd Kaufman, Anthony Timpain, and Keith J. Crocker. Hmm. And it is, as your IMDb movie summary will say, a documentary capturing the modern-day VHS collector and VHS culture. Yep. 
So this one is interesting. Mm -hmm. I um, first of all, it seems very low budget, which is appropriate. I don't know if that's on purpose or they're just like we don't got money. Um, That's right. (laughs) I feel like I don't want to. I don't want to shit on this Max, but I feel like I only learned a little bit, and it wasn't very good. (laughs) It's it's so hyper. Like this is one of those movies that kind of has bred other styles of this like capturing the the like remaining fan base or the like hyper niche group who do this and this was definitely a movie like that where it's just like what what exactly are you trying like what's the thesis statement of your documentary so there was a couple cool things i learned but a lot of it was the same guys sitting around from a 20 minute interview that got cobbled together and it was just like kind of agreeing and i'm like okay i understand i understand what your nerdum is i understand some of these cool little factoids you spit at me but largely you guys are it, it felt like a giant you know jerk off session <laughs> yeah it's like how many stories do we need to hear about people going into sketchy looking stores to buy a vhs tape right and then you're going to show me some guy recreated one in his basement and like okay but i don't need 20 minutes of that and like um, right but some of the facts are cool. There was a, one that I always, I, I actually knew this ahead of time, which I thought was cool, was the last movie to be released on uh, VHS was uh, A History of Violence. Mm. Um, that's the, the, the last one. And then everything was DVD from that point on. Yeah. But uh, also what very interesting was when they, the most interesting part of this, in my opinion, is when they're talking about how many horror movies, especially horror movies, are lost to time because they 40% of VHSs have never gotten a release on DVD right. or Blu-ray or something else now i feel like and i could be wrong but i feel like that's changing now because i have seen some bullshit on amazon prime and there is no way (laughs) there's no way these aren't restored vhs's okay (laughs) so it's 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 getting better it is it is there's a lot of people who are like these guys and have made it like kind of like whole companies have come up around this where it's like oh we're gonna go back and we're going to do like i mean there's no polite way to put it we're gonna go literally go back and re-release like late 70s era porn that was super cheaply done and pat like the films were passed around in back rooms or shown you know what i mean kind of late night you know what i mean up in new york city and it's like 12 people saw this movie and it's clearly like like almost a snuff film like it's disgusting and disturbing and super low rent but there are people who like that kind of thing and that that and like the really bad shot on video stuff that's been re-released and like you can get it now in 4k is disturbing yeah it's just like this was never intended to have this level of clarity (laughs) right right well i mean you do enjoy big mustaches and ejaculation so Maybe it is for I you. Do. Maybe. I do. You know, Maybe. I, I didn't say it wasn't for me. Okay. I was just trying to put it politely. No. Well, you know, I'm putting it out there. I think uh, if you need to find inspiration for the greatest mustache, besides Don Fry, of course, uh, that yeah. is that is the way to go. But really all it was, cause, and I think maybe I scored it lower just because for me, a man who works in the comic book industry, I can take away the word VHS and insert comic book, and I'm hearing this for, you know, all day long during my work shift. So I didn't feel like I was enjoying it. <laughs> no, it makes sense. You know, I felt like it was arguing over who would win in a fight, you know, that kind of oh that kind yeah. of feeling. There is one dude yeah. who's in a ball pit the whole movie. Uh, yes. I was like, well, I appreciate your commitment to the bit, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I remember my takeaway from the movie being, the, like, one of the more interesting people they interviewed was the guy who collected not, like, released for commercial purchase VHS tapes, but wanted, like, people's old wedding tapes, where they're, like, semi-professional releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And it's just like, this is so, like, it just gave me, like, the heebie-jeebies when he's like, this is what I collect. I want, like, Tom and Jenny's wedding from 19, you know what I mean, 89. It's just like, why do you want, like, it's interesting, but it's, like, creepy. And I was like, I was like, this just rubs me, like, in the David Lynch wrong way, where it's not that bad. It's just, like, a minor shift from normal, but it's so disturbing because of that. Maybe that's the horror movie you write. It's a guy who collects the the wedding tapes, and then he goes and hunts down them, and he murders them because they didn't stay together because none of them did. I feel like that would be almost more easy palatable. Like I feel like it's just this guy who watches them for an even more nefarious reason. Oh, there's got to be something even scummier going on here. Oh boy, we'll we need we need maximum scum. <laughs> uh, that's your porn name, actually. Um, that, you're not supposed to say that on the show here they've all seen the tape uh oh, okay good. especially some of these guys uh but well yeah that's true <laughs> i found this hard to finish to be perfectly honest with you it was just too much back and forth and not enough substance yep i picked this up back in the day these guys had a website called vhs shit fest and they would review these old hard like these old schlock movies on vhs tape and it was awesome and it was a bunch of them so you had a bunch of unique voices and they kind of get into like arguments about it and it was a fun little thing and they're like they kind of i don't want to i don't think they crowdfunded it but it was kind of like uh we're hoping people will back us kind of deal and like you should like there was a special collector box you could put out for early and kind of pre-order and i was like i'll do that because these guys are awesome and i've been reading like i've been following their website for some time so but i agree with you the documentary was a letdown even for me right i they seem i bet i could hang with all of them and it'd be fine even you know wedding video guy i think it would be fine but yeah you know Right. I don't know. But let's get to the scores. IMDb gave it a 7.1. Okay. Seems very high. It does. Rotten Tomato Critics. Six of them. You want to guess it? Six critics? Uh, I'll go with 72%. 100%. Nonsense. (laughs) Yep. The audience, 50 plus, gave it 85%. All high numbers, but not mine. I gave it a five and a half. I feel that it did kind of cover the era and the years, and it had a few factoids in it, but ultimately it was not engaging. It was not edited in a way, I guess, to make me want to stick around. That's fair, and I love that we get to talk about, because we've talked about documentaries before. It's like, these are hard for me to score because it's just like, did they talk? They talked about the thing they did. and. I, that's why I looked out looked out for the documentary. It's nice to see when one doesn't gel completely for us and what are the reasons helps us, I think, become better viewers of documentaries as we progress through this, which is great. Yeah, we're learning. I think we're pretty great. We are a fucking delight. That's right. <laughs> well, what else do you get, sir? Was I uh, was I not done? I was done. You're the last one. I'm the last one? Well, that's it. You're yeah. the last one. That's what? a fucking delight. What a delight. It's over. And now you can go adjust your tracking and uh, see if you can get those old VHSs to work. Oh. Indeed. 